What's up, my confidence queens? Are you ready to feel confident as fuck? I'm your host, the confidence queen herself, Alicia Lechuga, and I am your confidence bestie. I went from trying to shrink my body in order to find happiness and approval to finally letting go of dieting, others' opinions, and inspiring hundreds of women along the way. This podcast is all about confidence, living unapologetically as yourself daily, and ultimate self-love. This is Confident as Fuck. Okay, welcome back to Confident as Fuck. We're trying some new shit today because it's our first guest in the new fucking studio. We're trying something new. We have no headphones on, so it might get a little chaotic, but we are here with Big Shell. Hi there. I'm so excited. We're here with Big Shell. She's back. If you guys have not listened to her other previous episodes, please go give them a listen so you can fully gotcha. appreciate. Oh my God, from where it's been to now? I know. I was trying to, I was thinking I should probably have listened to the old episodes of us together. But I was just really anxious. I know, we both were. We were like, <laughs> and we were drunk on the last episode. Okay, no, wait. So the first one, we were not drunk. No, the first the second one, one, we were drunk. Well, <laughs> <laughs> my first episode, my first guest ever was Michelle, actually. And what a fucking come up from that first setup where we had the squeak ass chairs. Do you remember that? Oh my God, and we couldn't move. And you were like, try not to move. Because then I'll, I'll make noise. And then, well, like, of course, I was fucking don't. moving all the whole time. Please don't move. Please have this genuine conversation with me, but don't. Oh, I just blocked my whole camera angle. Hold on. Okay, now we're finally back. I think we got the microphone situation figured out. We're back with Big Shell. And yeah, Big Shell was my first guest ever. So I'm excited to have you back. And yeah, today we're going to. You're welcome. Today we're going to try a more relaxed form of the pod. So just chatting, friends, catching up, that kind of stuff. And like I was saying last time we were on, last time, our most recent episode, we were super drunk. We got oh my super gosh, drunk. Yes. Okay, so our first episode, we were like super anxious, brand new to everything. Yeah. First guest. Second episode, we were like seasoned. Mm-hmm. And we got plastered. Plastered. Like we drank a lot. We and did. we went out after and drank even more. Yeah, we did. And wow. now what you're not. That? What year was that? Was that? It had to be over a year ago. A whole year or no? Yeah, because now I'm sober. For how long? For a whole year. You're sober for a whole year? Right now I'm sober for, what What are we, in August? So I started this year, so nine months. Nine months. Yeah. Yeah, so it was probably a little bit under a year ago no, that we eight recorded. Months. Oh my God, what the hell? August is eight. Oh yeah, eight. Yeah. So almost in September, it'll be nine months. Yeah, it will be. Okay, so explain to everyone and also to me again why you wanted to go sober because you've gone sober before. Yes, I have gone sober before. Okay. And then you were drinking again, not like a relapse, but like a yeah, just like a, a decision to drink again. But now you made a decision not to drink again. Oh my gosh! Oh my god! Let's get into this because I don't <laughs> feel like we've talked about my sober journeys before. Huh? Just slightly. Yeah. Not on the pod, but we have talked about it personally a little bit. Okay, okay. Okay, so first, yes. So my name is Michelle. I am Bake Shop. I am an owner of a gluten-free and vegan bakery in downtown LA. And so with that, that's all, that's all my life. That's all I do is bake custom cakes. And then on the side, there's a lot of inner growth that we do. And that's how we kind of met was because of that, yeah. right? Was yeah. just sharing about us and our personal development yep. and starting our businesses because you were just starting really fresh with yours too like taking it very serious and sure. growing and stuff like that so the reason why i even started getting into personal development was because of my first sober dream so in 2018 i went sober 
And that was cold turkey. I had to go sober. Like there was, if I wanted to survive in life and I wanted to do what I wanted to do and dream and get out of this chaotic cycles of like, you know, being depressed and just wanting more out of life, I had to go sober. I ended up at the hospital because I had a UTI and because I was partying all the time and I didn't want to stop partying and I wanted to keep drinking, I wasn't really in tune with my body. And so I had a UTI and I was like, fuck it, whatever. And I went, it, this was literally uh, New Year's Eve. And I was like, you know what? It'll go away. Because you know how they say UTIs go away? Now that yeah. you keep drinking? <laughs> no. no. So then I kept drinking. And I think that was also another like reason why I kept getting UTIs was because I was drinking all the time. Not drinking enough water. Yeah. I- and then, and this is when I was also having a problem with drinking. And so sometimes I would wake up in my own fist. And because of that, I think it was just like a whole bacteria and everything going that sure. going on down there. And I ended up at the hospital with a very severe kidney infection. And so at that point, I was sitting there at the hospital thinking to myself, oh my gosh, I need to get sober like right now. Funny thing is that I didn't get sober after that. <laughs> <laughs> How long I, did it take you after that? Uh, like I think like another three months after that. So did you go off kind of like slowly or you just went straight back to like, Oh, no, it was still partying time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I was like, oh, I need to get sober, but I can't. Like you had the conscious thought, but you weren't ready to take action. Yeah, no, I was not ready. I was like, no, it's okay. Like I have a handle of this. I have a control Mm. on this, right? Everything's going to be okay. Like people drink all the time. People like black out all the time. And my friends at the time were very big party people. Right. So ripping that away not drinking was like not having any friends yeah and like your identity yeah at the time right yeah, yeah exactly and at the same time my husband loved to party and so that was like one of our bonding things was partying at that time with my husband and so I kept going and it wasn't until I lost my wallet one night and I guess I got into a fight with some friends that I decided to go sober after that but yeah Going to the hospital was also not an indicator that I needed to go sober in my mind. <laughs> well, kind of. It just was like, yeah. it's like, I think everyone can relate to having those thoughts like where you're like, okay, I know I need really need to fix this. I know I really need to like make some changes or like adjust how I'm living, but I don't really want to yet. Yeah. And I'm just going to like, kind of like you were saying, kind of ignore it. And like, maybe like, I do have a handle on this. Like I can, I can like control this. I can like for lack of better words, like I can like be normal. Like this is normal, like normalizing it and like being just like, no, I don't, I don't seriously have anything where I need to like completely stop drinking. Yeah. And and I'm not saying drinking and going out and, you know, blacking out occasionally is not, not normal. Like it's normal. Everybody does. Especially the age you're at. Yeah. It's fine. But I guess when it's repetitive and it's, you know, and it's affecting your life. Yeah. yeah. Or also kind of like you're disconnected from yourself so much that you continue to do it. Now that's a problem. Right? right. Anything, I think anything that you do in life, if you're disconnected from yourself and you're not truly, you know, authentically being yourself, being happy, loving life, and you're kind of trying to escape something, mm. you know that. And so right. you do that. Now that's a problem. Right. Yeah. So that was the first time. But then when we met, you were drinking again. And you were consciously drinking again. Yes. And that was fine. Like we met, we were, well, we've told this story on the last podcast, but we bonded because we were like ordered a bottle. Yes. And I knew she was like a down ass bitch. So, (laughs) and then. And then we shotgunned that bitch. 
Yeah, we did. That was so fun. <laughs> oh my God. And then I'm so mad we only have like one shitty quality video of that. Yeah. So then I was sober. From our so, waiter. <laughs> so my first sober journey, I was sober almost a year and eight months. Okay. And, and then. What broke it is going to Japan. So I went to Japan. Oh yeah. And so obviously I wanted to do the whole experience, like drink their sake and their beers and everything. And so I was like, okay. I had really had to come to a moment where it's like, you know, am I really doing this because I'm limiting myself because it's like this control thing, right? Mm. Like I don't want to be drinking at all. I'm going to fucking stay sober because I have to. Or is it because, you know, I love like you myself. truly want yeah. to stay sober. Yeah, do yeah. I love myself and I want to be sober because I know this is the best decision for me. And so at the moment, because I was going to Japan my first time out of the country, I was like, okay, now you're just being too much of a control freak, right? Right. Like, it's okay. You're on vacation. You can have a couple of right. drinks. You can trust yourself. So I think when I started to drink again and I met you again was really the beginning of me learning how to trust myself with alcohol. And it wasn't easy, that process either, right? Because you're still triggered. You have PTSD from, like, moments where you were blacked out, where you, like, hurt somebody else's feelings unintentionally. Um, and so I had to learn how to trust myself that everything was going to be okay. Trust myself that when you walk out of the door, you're not going to block out and everything's going to be okay yeah. when you come back. That's on growth. <laughs> but that was That's hard. That was really hard. And so I think it's really hard to kind of explain the, my sober journey. So then I was sober, but drinking consciously. But at the same time, there was moments where I did relapse. And I think that was also something that you saw was one Super Bowl. I blocked out really badly and I was trying to fight some girl. <laughs> <laughs> so then now I know that wasn't healthy. Right. You know, and that that was a moment where it was like, okay, you relapse. Would you call that? So you would call that a relapse even though you didn't consider yourself. I'm about oh. to literally give you a whole titty show. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So would you, you would call that like a full-on relapse even though you didn't consider yourself technically sober mm-hmm. at that time? Yeah, because I had this, like, if you think about it, you have like a contract with yourself, right? So the contract was that I didn't drink to escape. I didn't drink mm. when I was stressed out. Okay. I didn't drink when I was angry. I didn't drink when I was sad. I, if anything, I would only drink because I actually wanted to enjoy the moment. Right. Okay. And then that was it. But if I lost, if I wasn't present in the moment, then that then, is not part of the contract. Right. right. Okay. Gotcha. So then that's why I consider that like a relapse because at the time that went out the door. I don't remember anything. I blacked out. I got in a fight with my husband. I got in a fight with a girl. Like it was a mess. Yeah. Yeah. And then now tell us why now that you wanted to go sober again. Okay. Yeah. So then I decided to go sober again, the beginning of this year with my husband. So my husband and I are both sober again. The first time we went sober, we were sober together. And this time it's because I'm doing the one year experiment. And I don't know if you've heard of it. I've talked to you about it before, but Manifestation Babe is somebody who really has helped me grow through a lot of my personal and business development and everything. And so I was listening to one of her podcasts and she was talking about how when she started her business, the first two, three years, she was really kind of stuck in the same spot. She was just kind of like, okay, like I'm not getting like the outcomes that I want. I am growing, but it's not where I would want to see myself. So she says that she decided to do a one-year experiment. And the one-year experiment meant that she went, like, full-on into her business. So that meant that everything and everything that she needed to do in order to help herself grow and push herself out of her comfort zone, she was going to do it no matter what. So for that 
reason is that I decided to go sober because if I'm going to go 100% into my business, I need to be 100% present. So that means that I can't be catching up, having hangovers Mm. because it's harder as you get older, you know, you drink a little bit and it feels like you drank 50 shots the day before and you only had one. Yeah. And so you're catching up. And so if you're catching up, that doesn't mean you're going 100% into your business. And this is not sustainable forever. Like, I want you guys to know that. And I also would like to share with you that it's not that it's sustainable and this is my whole life and this is what I'm going to be doing 24-7. But for only one year, it's going all in to the business and doing whatever it takes to help myself learn how to be a business owner. So that's why I decided to go sober. And this is why I'm not drinking. And now I'm eight months into not drinking. Yeah. And I was sharing with you and when when you told me about this, like, I think you probably told me like, you told me obviously when you were going to go sober, I think, but I didn't really like, I didn't know. I think originally I thought like, okay, you're, you're doing it for like a month, two months. Then it became like three, four, five. And then when you actually shared with me, like the one year experiment thing, I was like, dang, it's kind of like what Renee and I kind of went through these same things. And that's what I really like about our friendship too, is that you guys started your business like maybe when Renee and I had our business for three or four years. And we went through the same thing, even without consciously really identifying it and saying like, this is what we're going to do. But when we started the business and then when we we were escaping for a little while because we were like, you know, we, we got more focused on our business for a little bit when we moved into the uh, smaller apartment and when we like were like, okay, we need to really buckle down. But we were still escaping. We were going out a lot, mm-hmm. getting super drunk on the weekends, and then going really hard during the week. And it just wasn't really sustainable for us. Mm-hmm. And then we really like moved to a more expensive apartment, which is our last apartment. And we really put our like nose down and we really just grinded yeah. for a while. And we really didn't go out and drink. We would go to like dinner and we would maybe have a drink or two, but we didn't get plastered or black out like we used to and we didn't really like our focus our sole focus was growing our business yeah and we did that for probably maybe a year or two and then we kind of were able to relax a little bit and now yeah, we're re, yeah yeah re refocus and I think now we're kind of back like getting into a new normal but I think that's pretty normal is to like see your business and you're like, okay, it's a little bit like it's going, it's doing its thing. But now I really need to focus on making it thrive 150%. And I think that's where a lot of people lose friends. I know we lost a lot of friends during that time yeah, because you're saying no to a lot of things. Yeah. Even like, even today, Michelle was like, okay, well, we're going to go see the Barbie movie after this. Which is so exciting. exciting. (laughs) I'm so excited. I've been waiting to see it. And we were like, made this date a long time ago, but she was like, hey, I have to leave right after the movie because I have something, I have a cake order that mm-hmm. needs to be picked up right after. That's, to me, I was like, okay, totally fine. I understand it. But not everyone yeah. gets it, I think. Yeah. So I know a lot of people lose friends during that time. Oh, absolutely. It's a very hard moment. And right. So I think we've, we've spoken about a lot of different moments in my business. If you guys hear back like podcast one, podcast two. Like podcast one was like me identifying that I finally quit my nine to five to pursue my dream, right? right? Which was opening up and having like a thriving gluten-free and vegan cookie and cake business. And then the second business was me kind of like not really taking it super seriously. But at that time, 
it was one year into quitting my job and I needed to really find myself because I had been working in mental health for eight years and I was a supervisor. There were so many roles and hats that I had taken on that it was really hard to separate myself from them. And so when I did like, you know, drip the bandaid, I was like, who the fuck am I? Right. I don't know who I am. What do I like? What's my favorite color? How do I like to dress now that I'm not at work 24 seven? Like all of that stuff. So that was like part two and it was more fun. You know, it was like the drinking right. with you going out a little bit, not too crazy, but still just, just enjoying the moment. And so now you guys hear me, this is the third time that I'm back. And now we're really deep into like, really the grind and the nonstop and the non-negotiables and just deep into the business and building it. And it's the ugliest face ever, guys. <laughs> but it's also the most uh, teaching and pushing you. And you really get to learn what you're made out of during these moments. But it's not fucking easy. No, <laughs> for sure. For the week. Yeah. It's it's hard. But it's such a, an awesome phase because you look back and you're going to feel like, I'm so happy that I put all my energy into that. Yeah. Because you were saying too, when we were talking like, like taking more pride in your work and like, I think a lot of times with self-sabotage, we do this thing where we're like, if I don't give it a hundred percent and you and I were talking about this, mm -hmm. right? If I don't give it a hundred percent and it fails, then I know yes. that it failed because I didn't give it my all. Yes. But if I give it my all and then it still fails, then That's it's detrimental. Yeah. yeah. It's like a huge blow to your self-esteem and your ego and your confidence and everything. So giving it a hundred percent is really hard because it's scary. Oh, absolutely. And just holding yourself accountable. Like some things that are like giving it my 100% are the details of everything. So like when I was, how can I say this? When I was decorating a cake before, right? Let's say last year, it would be kind of like, okay, here, I'm going to try my best, you know, and let's see how it comes out the cake. And because you're an artist. So the way I consider cake decorating is kind of like an art form, right? So you're showing up to show your art. And so you're like, okay, if it comes out good, I'm so happy. And if it doesn't, well, then I need to try better, right? But that's kind of like where you leave it. And this year, I'm really taking my time, not rushing through anything and not self-doubting. Like I put the cake in front of me and I'm like, okay, you're going to do your fucking absolute best. And you're going to take your time and you're going to look at every single detail. You're going to see how your hand moves. You're going to see how things fall. You're going to look at the consistency of this work. And you're going to look at the consistency of this cake. And you know what? You're going to fucking tell yourself this didn't come out right. And next time you're going to show up and you're going to fix that minor detail. And that's how my cakes have improved. And oh my gosh, if there was like a video to show you guys my cakes from last year to this year, it's a fucking 300% difference. But yeah. it's because I'm taking the time to actually show up 100%. And sometimes I show up 100% and the cake doesn't come out good. And I'm like, okay, you didn't do a well job. You didn't do a good job today. But how can I improve it? Yes. Right? How can I improve it? You need to look at the little details. Since right now I'm in the 100% like all in one year experiment, I've been looking at other entrepreneurs who have talked about this space in their business. So there's this guy called Behavior Hack that I've been sending you a lot of stuff from him. And so he talks about that how you become obsessed and how you actually create what you want 100% is by looking at the smallest details ever and fixing those little details as you go and not overlooking them. And so that's exactly what is happening right now. You know, having to look at finances, having to look at my cakes, having to look at the way I show up with people, how I speak to people, how I want people to see my business. It's the smallest little details that are like 
really changing everything. And you, and it's not massive change. You have to know that it's little things. And you have to do those little things every single day for there to be a change. And that's how you get like a super successful business where like like sprinkles of yes. cakes, right? Yes. It's like they might be very small details to the normal eye and the normal consumer eye, but it gives you an overall full experience and it's a perfect cupcake, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what a consumer sees the whole, even though on the back end as a business owner, we're seeing all these really small, minute details that add up to something really amazing. Yeah. It's funny because Renee is like that. Renee's very, <laughs> very detail oriented and very like, okay, do it right the first time. Take all these small things into consideration. And I don't know, my dad is like that too. I get so frustrated and I just want things to go, go, go. Absolutely. And yeah. I think it's always, I had to have this like talk with myself too, where I'm like, you have to calm down. You mm -hmm. have to remember you're not on a race. Mm -hmm. Life isn't passing you by. Everything is in the right timing. And you have to like take small things and pay attention to them and do yeah. them right the first time. Even like hanging up that my tattoo artist, uh, Danny, created a painting for the podcast room and also for our living room. And even hanging that up over the weekend, I was like getting frustrated because Renee's like, okay, we want to measure it out and make sure it's completely centered and like do this and like measure the, measure the canvas and make sure that you put things together. And I was like, just get out of the fucking way. Let me just do it. Let me just hang it up. <laughs> yeah. I just want to get it up. But what happened? Of course it fell down because the things are not sturdy enough to hang it up. And I hung it up like three times and it yes. wasn't in the right spot. So it's like taking those small little things into detail and taking your time and taking like pride in what you're doing, which is what we were talking about. Yeah. So. I mean, I have something to add on to that too. So when you guys saw first, second episode, I wasn't working for a part-time job. Oh yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah. 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 So now um, I am working at a bakery. I don't want to say the name of it. It sounds weird, but I am working at a bakery that's like a big chain. Um, and so that's where a lot of what I'm explaining has come from, actually, is from working for a part-time bakery. So mind you, before this, I've never worked for a bakery before. I've just been self-taught. I didn't go to school or anything. And then so I decided that I needed side money, first of all, because my business is growing and I'm so little and there's not enough money to sustain yourself. And number two was that if I wanted to learn how to become a bakery, run a bakery, and have bakery strategies and um, also development, then I needed to actually work at a bakery. So I started to work at a small bakery part-time, and it's been everything. I, I mean, when they were training me and telling me everything, I had a really good trainer, and she was just like, stop doing shortcuts. You know, if you do something, do it the whole way. If you're going to finish something, clean up as you go. Once you're done, pick up your stuff. So... Even when I check in into my 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 little bakery at home, I check in like if I'm going to work now. Like I check in, I put on my apron, and I'm like, okay, let's clean up the whole place because that's what I do. When I go to the bakery at my part time, I show up and I have to clean up anything that the other person didn't clean up because you need a clean workspace to start working for the day. Then you have to clean up after yourself because then the next person is going to come in after you for the night shift. I'm a morning shift. And so then the space has to be clean for them. So a lot of the little things that you're talking about, right, taking your time is also not half-assing things. And I've mm -hmm. noticed that I have asked 
so many things. Like, no, and <laughs> it's, it's terrible because you get an Amazon package and you're so excited, right? You open it up, you get what you get out and you leave the packaging and the box just right there. And you're like, okay, how come I just didn't take it downstairs to throw away the box, right? Because it takes time. But now you're having to do this and now you're having to clean up after yourself. And so that's something that is also, I'm trying so hard to perfect in this one year experience is not doing things half-ass. And the reason why I do things half-ass is because I'm rushing on to the next task instead of finishing the task and moving on to the next task. So now every single time I use my blender, it's cleaning my blender, disinfecting my blender, putting the blender back in its spot, cleaning as I go, you made a cake mix, clean the bowl as you go. So all these little things are adding up in the one-year experiment, but that was demonstrated from starting a part-time job in a bakery. Yeah. And I think that's so cool that you did that because getting a job in the field that you want to be, even if you want to be a business owner in that field, it's kind of like how people say like work from the ground up Mm -hmm. type thing. And the reason people say that is so that you know what every job is. You can't manage a huge or own a huge company without knowing all the little ins and outs of every other job. Exactly. And knowing like okay, here's what it takes to do X, Y, and Z. Here's what I'm asking of someone, but I've never done it, right? And so I think that's so awesome. I think it's a really exciting, like, space to be into is to, like, be able to be in your industry Mm -hmm. working for somebody else and seeing and how much knowledge you're getting from that experience, too. Yeah, and now I feel like I'm actually running a bakery. Like, when you see my Instagram and you see the way it's set up, the tools that I have, the things that I'm doing, everything goes back to the structure that I'm learning from working at a bakery now. So now it's a demonstration at my bakery that I have this experience. Yeah. So I feel like what else do we need to catch up on? (laughs) I feel like that was so much. It was a lot. That was so much, but it's so good. And I feel like what else do we need to catch up on? No, I I don't know. So I'm doing the one year right now. I'm sober. And I don't know if I'm going to continue to be sober, for, but for right now, I'm learning. For the foreseeable future. Yeah, right? yeah. I don't know. I do like myself more when I'm sober, though. I know. You asked me that when we were at dinner last time. Mm-hmm. So Michelle actually came when we moved into this apartment. So if you guys don't know, I'm sure if you're listeners of the podcast, you know, my podcast space has always been in my house. But at our old apartment, it was just a one-bedroom plus den. So the podcast space was open to the living room. room. So when we moved here, we wanted a whole separate room, which we could close the door for, for the podcast space. And Michelle came with me the day before we moved in. She made me a super beautiful cake. And we came in and we did photos. We did like a whole photo shoot. And then we went to dinner after. Mm -hmm. And Michelle said, what do you, do you like me better sober or Or when when I'm drinking? Yeah. And I love both Michelle's. I love Michelle as a whole, no matter if she's drinking or not. But what I noticed the difference of you drinking versus not is that I do feel like you're more present Mm -hmm. when you're not drinking. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's only because of not drinking or also the growth that you've had in your business because of not drinking. Yeah. But I do feel like you're more present and you're not as scattered. Yeah. Like having a better connection with Mm you. Yeah. Well, because I think... When you're drinking, you kind of use that as an excuse, right? Mm. Like, oh, I'm so sorry. I went out and I drank too much the day before. And so now I'm catching up. And it's like this chaotic energy, yeah. right? Yeah. And now I don't have that. I, I do have chaotic energy uh, if 
my dad's stressed out and I'm going through something, right? Like, yes, that's normal. And everybody experiences that. But the extraness, chaoticness that you get from drinking and partying and being around energy that you know you shouldn't be around or dealing with a situation or people who you have to like help and guide and all this extra energy that you're putting in extra energy expended yeah yeah depletes you right Mm -hmm. so then now you're chaotic because you're behind yeah you're behind and you truly are behind right not spiritually but you are behind because now you probably had to take care of this person you went out to drink you didn't finish what you had to finish and so now you're just catching up you're kind of like reorganizing yourself right so i feel like when you're drinking for me personally there's a lot of re reorganizing, re-establishing myself, refocusing, re-re-re, right? And so now that I don't have that, there's no excuses. My schedule needs to be set up. I need to make sure I have time for this. I need to make sure I have enough time to make these cakes. Like now my schedule isn't day by day. My schedule is you need to be a week ahead. And this is not forever, but until I can get into the momentum of actually having a full-on business 24-7, and me being okay with that, then I know it will come naturally. Yeah. But for right now, everything is me being a week ahead. Yeah. I was going to ask you where you are in your business, because I know you've gone through a lot of personal and family stuff. I don't want to get into it, but I know that you coming back from all of that. Where where are you and where's your perspective moving forward? I just need a fucking break, I think. I do. I talked about it last week on the podcast a little bit when I did the Get to Know Me. Yeah. It's a really good episode if you guys haven't listened to it yet. But I was oh, such a weird feeling because I felt like last year when we we're going every going through everything with Renee's dad, Renee and I were really on this like like fast track of like our time was so organized and we were so busy that I think we we're in this like fight or flight type of mode where we were just like, okay, like I was looking back through the photos, like we did so much in the last year, even with Renee's dad being so sick and being at every chemo appointment and every every other week going to Mexico and being with him. And we were just on level 10 at all times, as far as like our busyness, our focus, our organization of our time, we really fit so much in. And I think when everything stopped, And we felt like, well, we don't have anybody to take care of anymore. We don't have any. It's exactly how I felt. I felt like I should have so much more time. And I feel like I don't want to fill it with anything at all. I don't want to fill it with anything. I don't want to like have to be anywhere. I felt like it was a complete contrast to exactly how we felt. I felt a year ago. And for a while, I took a really like I felt really guilty for feeling like that. I felt like, well, I should have so much time. Like I have so much more time. I don't have to be in Mexico every other weekend. I don't have to be going to, I don't have to take off Fridays to go with Renee's dad to chemo. I don't have to be on the phone with his doctors or on the phone with his mom. And I have all this time. Why am I not filling it with anything? Yeah. And then in relation, and I'm okay. I've alchemized that. And we're getting back to our new normal is what I keep telling people is like, we're just getting back to our new normal. And I don't really know what that looks like yet, Yeah. but it's what we're in right now is like trying to figure out what our new normal is. But in relation to my business, the weird thing is that for such a long time, I felt like I didn't know what I wanted to do. I had no idea who I was or what I wanted to do. 
and I referenced this in the last episode, is like, I felt like that for a really long time. And then once I figured that out about two years ago, when I really had this clear, clear ass vision of like, here's where I want to be in 10 years. I wanted to be speaking on large stages. I want to have multiple clients. I want to be helping hundreds of thousands of women. Yeah. And when I figured that out and I want the podcast to be successful and I had this really clear vision of me in 10 years and what my business would look like. And then I was going like a freight train towards that. And now when I want to take, now I feel like I want to take some time and I don't want to push toward that right now. Yeah. It's not that I don't want it because the desire is still there and the vision is still there, but it's really fucking scary to say that out loud that I don't want to push forward towards that right now because I think I just need a second to fucking like breathe and get back into, like I said, like our new routine of new normal. I, like I said, I grossly underestimated Renee's dad's passing what it would feel like for me Yeah, because I was so worried about Renee and his emotions that I didn't know how it was going to affect me. But then when I think about it, like I was there every single day and I was supporting Renee and also Renee's dad and his family and going to doctor appointments and everything. It was, it was a lot. I will never take that back or take or ever change anything that we did. But yeah, I didn't realize how much it was going to affect me. And thankfully I am able to take some time off. So right now I'm in like a time off phase where I'm just trying to focus on what the fuck actually makes me feel good at the end of the day. Yeah. And a lot of that right now is like just taking care of us as a unit, Renee, me, the business, like our trucking business and really taking care of that getting back into actually feeling excited to record the podcast with guests and on my own. Cause I didn't really feel like that for a little while. I was just like kind of going through the motions for the ever since Renee's dad passed. Yeah. Just getting back to a new normal. So that's where I am. It feels good to give myself permission to not be going like a freight train (laughs) towards what I want. And I have to really remind myself and have confidence in myself that none of this is going anywhere. Yeah. That, if I take two weeks off or two months off or two years off or 20 years off, like this is not going anywhere because this is me. This is what I meant to do. And so whenever I pick it back up and I decide to relaunch something or I decide to open up spots for one-on-one or whatever the fuck I decide to do next, it'll be there and the people will be there and they'll be ready. So, and then you will be moving in alignment, right? So, when you are ready, people are going to be ready too. Yeah. And because you're not ready, people are not ready. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I have to just keep telling myself that. And yeah, that's where currently I am and my businesses. And, you know, honestly, like Michelle has been, I always, I've been telling everyone this daddy is still trying to make an appearance on the podcast, even though we have the door shut, but I've been telling everyone this Michelle really is the friend that not only was there for me, through Renee's dad being sick. You're going to make me cry. (laughs) But you really understood what I needed. And I really appreciate that. I'm not sure if I've told you personally, but I've told everyone else who's asked me. (laughs) But not Michelle. But not Michelle. No, you have told me. You texted to me. Yeah. Like it just, you really understood what I needed, which when I needed space, she gave it to me when I didn't text her back. She texted me again. After a few days, like you gave me space, you gave me time, but you still checked in on me. And I really appreciate that. 
And it felt really good to have a friend like that. So thank you. I'm going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> I already cried a few oh. tears too. No, I'm just going to cry because I feel like you're being that friend for me right now. Really? Yes. Oh. I'm going to cry. Oh my God. We, how do we get so mushy? We have to do a, a reel that's like the last episode where we're just getting wasted. We're drunk and now we're crying. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. And I think that the only reason why I partially knew, because I have never had any family of my past away, but when I actually got together with my husband, he was going to grieve himself. His father did not just pass away. His father had already passed four years away, but my husband is a very emotional person very very emotional and so it takes him a really long time to process his emotions overall so four years later he was still grieving and so i knew what that looked like just i love you baby i don't know if you're gonna hear this but you're probably not but just finding him <laughs> randomly like crying you yeah, know yeah. or him drinking because he was so upset and he didn't know how to process any emotions sometimes you know or drinking because he was so sad you know yeah and so this is what another reason why we had to go sober for him right yeah not for me but just knowing that I couldn't do anything, no matter how much I saw my husband struggling or sad or grieving, like I couldn't take his pain away. I had to let him go through it. And so when you were telling me a lot of the stuff that you were going through, I was like, I have to let her go through it, but I also need to be there, but also not for sure, because realistically, me pushing you or being there more didn't mean you were going to feel less pain. Right. And that's kind of how I felt about Renee too, is I couldn't like push him like, you need to process this or you need to do this not that he hasn't but i just had to give him space yeah. and let him like process whatever emotions he needs to and I, so i really fucking appreciate that it's really rare that i feel like i've been talking to you know some of renee's family that has had people in their life pass away in the last few years and what i've learned is that it is pretty rare to have friends like that and it's it's a blessing it's a blessing to have friends that understand it and I do think it's because, you know, Ray's dad passed too and that you have experienced that and known what it feels like. I mean, we were fucking young to have parents that are passing. And I was telling Renee's brother this is like, because Renee's brother is my age, is like, we're so young to yeah. be experiencing this. You know, like our parents shouldn't be passing at this age. Yeah. And when they do, a lot of times your friends are not going to have that experience yet. They don't have the emotional resilience. I know Ray didn't. Ray's parent, dad was like, he was 22. Yeah. Can you imagine being a 22-year-old oh. just like dealing with the passing? Oh my God, it was chaos. Yeah. Chaos. Like you're still really learning how to find yourself. Yeah. Like you're still drinking, partying at 22, you know, and now you have a passing. Yeah. Like, whoa. Yeah, it's huge. And we're we're young for us to go for us to go through this. And so... I feel like to have somebody in my life it just that understood that it's really a testament to like the universe works for us. Universe, I always say this: the universe is employed by me. That bitch is on a W two <laughs> because <laughs> she really is always working for me. And it's funny that you know we met randomly and then well, you're reciprocating this. that everything that you say. I'm sorry, I don't know if this is going to be on the podcast, but I do want to let you know that everything that you said that you felt, you're reciprocating to me right now. Thank you. Like, I can't even, I can't even believe I have a friend who understands everything I'm going through. Isn't that insane, though? 
Yeah. I'm going to you such a big hug. I know. It's but so it's, crazy, though, because when I received the news, like, the only person I knew to call was you right away. I was like, oh, my God, she's going to know what to do right away. And I always say that, like, our life, what we're going through now is preparing us for something more, right? Yeah. I didn't know that when Renee and I went through, you know, what we're talking about, like, that I just, you know, you're only thinking about yourself. You're like, how can I get through this? How can I make this better? How can I figure this out? And Renee kept telling me, like, this is going to prepare you for something bigger. And look, it helped us, like, it helped me help you. Yeah. Like, in that moment. And you going through that with Ray helped me in that moment. So it's like, yeah, the universe is always working for us yeah. and bringing, you into, bringing people into your life that it knows you need. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I don't know if that's going to be in it, but I do want to say thank you so much You're welcome. for everything. Welcome. Yeah, we could leave it in. <laughs> Even though people don't know what we're talking about, I think it's a nice moment. So yeah. we can leave that in. Oh my gosh. So yeah, so right now we're full on and also me getting to know what type of business owner, going back to what the one year experiment is. I'm still learning who I am as a business owner and how she shows up, how busy does she want to be. And so I think like right now I have very, I think I have like really big dreams and yes, I have my big dreams of what I want, but like how you were talking about, there's no rush to get to them. Yeah. Like right now, my only goal is for me just to make beautiful cakes. Uh. That's it. Like, you know, if I make beautiful cakes, everything else will just fall into place. If I make beautiful cakes and I have these, oh my gosh, you guys, I have these. I made a vision board with like nine affirmations. So it's this whole collage that my friend, my friend Andrea, shout out to Andrea. She created a template of like, the like beginning of the year. yeah, beginning of the year. And it, it was very intricate. Like it had like, it has like over 45 pictures, but you really have to sit down and really visualize what you want in your life. And when I was doing that vision board, I was like, holy shit, I think we all want so much and we desire so much and we dream so much but when you ask us to explain everything in great detail you're just kind of like well I just want a nice car right I just want a nice home I just want like this right but you never know what it looks like and so that vision mm. board really helped me kind of sit down and say okay what do you want your life to look like and so one of the affirmations that I put on there was I bake luxurious cakes yeah yeah so luxury. I bake late, I bake luxury. And so for a long time, I didn't even know what luxury meant. And so in the development of me doing the linear experiment, I kind of learned what luxury means. You know, it's taking care of somebody, making sure that you ask all the questions before they ask you, you know. An uh, experience. Yeah. Making sure that the process that you're giving your customer is the most comfortable, is the most inviting. You're creating a bond, you know, in the moment of it. And I think this is like a great testimony the other day I was like doing a cake order and we were kind of just talking about the cake and the girl was like well I don't know what I want and I was like oh girl I think you should do an offline and she's like yeah you have a great experience and so it just felt such a like a friendship and even when she was like oh my god we have the same last name I was like oh my gosh girl I'm twice I'm Lopez Lopez because by the way my husband was already a Lopez by the time I got married to him so <laughs> I am a fucking Lopez Lopez no I'm just a Lopez I just took one but then we were laughing about that. And so then the whole experience was just like a friendship. And I'm going to make you a cake for your 30th birthday. And she was so excited. And then that was it. But that's what luxury means, right? It doesn't feel like, oh, I don't know what to ask you. And, I, you know, I'm I ready. hope it comes out okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
So in the process of everything right now, my goals are not huge right now. My goals is just to show up every single day, do my best, make the best cakes that I can, really work on my art, and then let things develop on their own. So that's where I'm at right now with my one-year experiment. I love that. And I also, that. <laughs> not saying no to things. Like, that's been really hard. There's times where I do want to say no, and like I said, it's not sustainable forever. But just not saying no, taking every single opportunity. So this also means showing up super stressed out, showing up half asleep still, doing your best work, doing all of that things. Because if I do want to have a bakery one day, things are not going to go according to how I want them to go. Everything is going to go how the bakery goes. And I'm still going to have to show up and open a bakery, have cakes, have cookies, have cupcakes, and have everything ready for people because that's what people expect out of a business. And before that, before this, I wasn't even there. If I didn't sleep enough, I couldn't do my best job. If I couldn't do and it doesn't mean that this is what it is going to be forever. But learning and having that under my belt is what's going to take me to open a bakery one day. I think it's just about putting your, like, knowing the needs of the business come first versus not the needs of ourself, but, like, the show must go on. Yeah. Like, it's almost like not not saying no, but more like saying yes to everything. And, yeah, the show must fucking go on. Like, the show has to keep going. Like, the bakery still has to open every single fucking day, no matter if I've had too little sleep or I had a late night doing an event before or whatever like the show has to fucking go on and it doesn't get to just be this like ebb and flow and hobby yeah type of vibe it also and in all of this too is oh my god i was gonna say something that you told that you said and it reminded me of it the show must go on the show must go on because i said that like six times i know the show (laughs) must go on no it should oh okay so another thing too that's been very loud and very present because there's messages that I don't know if, coming through yeah messages come through when you're doing something right and so now that I'm in the one year and the messages are coming in very strongly about certain things the message right now is that I fucking lost it again <laughs> I get those messages when I'm like falling asleep <laughs> my brain is like boom boom oh, boom boom okay got it yeah yeah so, yeah yeah Okay, so... What is it? Sit it out. Imposter syndrome. Okay. Okay. So before the one-year experiment, there was so much time that I would waste into wondering if I was capable of doing something. Like, oh, I... Like, I had so many dreams. Like, oh, I wonder if I can make a vintage cake one day. And it's like, oh, I don't know. I don't think I could. That looks really hard. Maybe I need more experience. Like, blah, 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 right? Wait, would that manifest in you saying other things? Like, that's not my style. Or mm-hmm. I don't do cakes like that. Or or was no. it more just really clear? Like, I don't know if I can do it. Yeah. Okay. And so then now, since we're in the one-year experiment, part of the one-year experiment is you can't say no. You're saying yes, and you're stepping up to any and every plate that has been coming up. Oh, my gosh. I've done, like, cake decorating events now, like, cupcake events, like, uh, teaching people how to make cakes, how to do cupcakes, how to pipe stuff. Like, there's no... There's nothing you can't do. There's nothing you cannot do in the one-year experiment, right? And so then this is what's going to prepare you for later on, right? But you do have to have that moment in your business where you're like, you know what? We're going to do it. And it's going to be done. And I don't know how or if I know if I can or if I might do a shitty job, but I'm still going to fucking do it. 
So right now in the one-year experiment, that's something that has been so loud to me is the fact that you can do whatever you want. You really can. And you don't have to stress about whether you can or not do it. I used to waste so much energy and mm-hmm. so much time into figuring Wondering, out. Wondering, can I do can, What can I do, you know? Instead so of just trying. Instead of just doing it. Yeah, and then just figuring it out along the way and fucking it up and having errors but still doing it, right? That's something that is not present in this one year. In this one year, I'm like, no, I can't not do that. Or no, I don't know if I can. Like in the one year, I'm like, I can do this. It might not be the best. Do you still want me to do it? Yes. Okay, I'm going to try my absolute best. And then guess what? It comes out perfect. So, and there's been times where things have not come out uh, <laughs> correct. But there's no there's no worry whether I cannot do something. That's something that's been very huge right now in the one-year experiment because you're just giving it your all. If you have your all to give to something, there's no way that you cannot not do something. Yeah, very true. Because... It's about it's back to that like giving it your all, yeah, or half-assing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no half-assing, giving it your all, showing up one hundred percent. So when people have asked me to speak or to introduce myself or to explain my business or lead a class or lead an event, so like all these things that I've never done before, I'm just like, yes, I'll do it. And then I'm fucking what the fuck? I fucked it all up, but I did it. Yeah, and that's it. And that's it. And that's it. And you move on, and you learn, and you grow from it, and then that's how you get the skills to where you want. To yeah. I love it. I love it so much. Well, I feel like we have to wrap it because we have we're to go see Barbie. Barbie. Yeah, because it's 2.30. I mean, we already laughed. We cried. Yeah. We caught up. We talked about you too. Yeah. And I ate a lot of candy. Yeah, we're eating some candy salad, which is so good. And we're going to go see Barbie. So let me ask you, what are you reading right now? I'm not reading anything. Me neither. No, I'm not reading. Okay. I'm not in a reading mode. Me either. Oh, I cannot fucking read a book to save my life Yeah, right now. me neither. So there are a couple of things that I've noticed in this one-year experience, experiment as well, too, that I've been doing, is that I'm not doing a lot of personal development. Me neither. I am not, actually, I'm not even manifesting. I'm not actively, like, sitting down journaling or thinking or visualizing, none of that. I am meditating still, but not to the extent before where it had to be like two or three times a day. I'm not reading any books at all. And you can't even, like, I can't do anything that's personal development. Yeah, me neither. I just, there's one is I don't want to do it. And two, there's no time because I'm so busy giving it all, my all to my business. And that is personal development too, because we're learning the lessons in the moment. And I think there comes, I think there also comes a time within personal development where you like, have to set it on the table mm-hmm. and say, okay, now I'm taking this into the real world yes. and I have the skills and I have the knowledge to learn as I go. Because I think that's what we're doing is applying it in real life. Now. I think I finally understand when other like leaders, right, with, or business owners would talk about, be careful to not get stuck mm, in the personal sure. development, right? Yeah. How they say you are so stuck in not believing that you're worthy enough that you keep seeking information and seeking this approval through other people right? just because you can't do it. And so now that you're not doing the personal development, you're like, all right, let's just figure it out. You know, you put that on pause because now you know you have to show up for the occasion no matter yeah. what. Yeah, 100%. So that's where I'm at too. I'm not, yeah. girl, you cannot have me read a book. There's nothing that intrigues me right now. Me neither. And I keep trying, I kept trying for a while and I was like, I just don't feel like I want to read anything right now. No. I think I'll get back into it 
but, and I feel like that'll be actually pretty soon now is like getting back into reading, but it might be something totally different than personal development. Well, I don't think so either. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, all I've been doing very consistently is watching TV. <laughs> what are you watching then? Oh my God. I'm watching everything. Anime? I just watching Suits. I almost started watching that. It's so good. We're watching Yellowstone right now. Okay. What is that? It's like a show about a ranch on Man- Monta- in Montana. <laughs> <laughs> when you said what is that, I'm like, how do I explain it? Uh, it's yeah, it's like a. It's a. I think it's five seasons. Renee's really obsessed with it, but it's pretty good. I'm watching Jane the Virgin right now. It's actually really funny. I know that that is funny. My old hairdresser used to watch that while I was getting my hair done. It was just dramatic. Okay. It's just drama. It's just like a novella. Yeah, um, I actually watch a novella too. Oh, yeah, you've been, yeah. Yeah, we've been talking about how we were watching. I've been watching a lot of too. I haven't watched another one since the fake, fake profile, profile. <laughs> <laughs> which was so epic. Oh, my God. It's so dramatic. So dramatic. Like, you can't even sit, like, walk away for one second without something happening where yeah, you're like, like, whoa, someone got killed. Like, you think the world's falling apart? No, bitch, just wait until it's all apart more. More. I feel like that's my life right now. Your world is falling apart? Even more. Yeah. And I'm, like, reconstructing it. Reconstructing, yeah. I don't think it's falling apart. <laughs> You're reconstructing it. Your life is not the fake profile. Come on. No, no. That's <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Well, I want to say thank you for coming back. Thanks for doing this episode, chill episode with no headphones in the new studio. Very with relaxed candy with candy salad. Hopefully no, you guys can't no hear alcohol. us chewing. No alcohol. Yeah. What a great episode. It's so different. Right? I know. It's We're so good. such a different energy than I know. I wanted to feel I the reason I know you asked me this before we started recording, but I I wanted this to be more relaxed and more calm, more conversational. And I don't think I really explained to you why, but I also want to feel more relaxed. I don't want to feel like I'm like, you know, I when I first started the podcast, I wasn't relaxed at all. Then I got into this little flow of like trying to remember when people said stuff so that I can pin on different things. And then I was like, I feel like I just want to have a conversation with someone. Like I would in real life, like when we have our conversations via text or on the phone or whatever, those are the kind of combos I want to have on the pod. So that's why I'm like, let's just try to be, let's just try it. You're the best person to try it with. So I'm going to try this new format of being a lot more relaxed. I'm way more relaxed today than I feel like I've ever been on the pod. And I think it's going to translate well. So let me know what you guys think. Don't forget to follow us at Confident AF Podcast on Instagram. Follow Michelle at ByBakeShell underscore. underscore. And, and you can follow me at The Confidence Queen with two underscores at the end. I love you guys so, so much. Thank you, Michelle, for coming again. What? What are we supposed to say? We're supposed to say something together? Bye, cookie lovers. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just was, I always give people space to say something there in case they want to say something so they don't no, feel like. Oh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. I love you guys so much. I will talk to you guys next week. And until next week, I'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. I said bye-bye.